Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I think I have a high sex drive, although it's really hard to tell who, like, where you are compared to anybody else, you know? Who are you, yeah. friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator, a sex blogger, and I, I misplaced mine. <laughs> Did you retrace your steps? I did. It's around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's with that headphone I lost this afternoon is where it is. Mm, everything's oh, going missing in your life. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure some stuff out over here. <laughs> Today I did a Twitter search and I was reading all my tweets I've ever made that had the phrase libido or sex drive in them. And of course you were. Yeah. There's just mm-hmm. so many times when I was lamenting a lost sex drive. And I was like, am I going to have to stop dating people? Am I going to have to change careers? And it's like every time I lost my sex drive, I would like panic about it. And then it would always come back. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be here. I'm sure it's around here somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think these things are cyclical. Yeah. And it's this weird thing. Like, I'm sure we'll talk about this more. But like when my sex drive is gone, I can't really remember what it was like to have one. Yeah. It all just feels weird and foreign to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I mean, I, I, yeah, objectively, all of that probably sounds great. Sure. (laughs) Like, (laughs) in theory, I love sex. Dick's great. Blowjobs. I I remember all of these things are true. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. Especially when I'm depressed, I really get that. Yeah. So let's define our terms a little bit. When you think about the libido or the sex drive, do you think of that in terms of like wanting sex or wanting orgasms by any means? Or like what exactly are you wanting when you think about your sex drive? (laughs) Did I just blow your mind? (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. Because that's not the question you wrote down. Yeah, I rephrased uh, it a little bit. <laughs> you did, and I was just going to talk about Emily Nagoski. Like, I fully blew past that question. I was like, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk about it. It's not actually a drive. I, I read the book. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking, like, something I got to think about. Hang uh-huh. on. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you want to do the uh, responsive desire, like, one-on-one thing while I think about that? Okay, yeah. So if you haven't read the book, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, I really, really would recommend that everybody pick it up, especially if you have a vulva or sleep with people who do. But honestly, I think everyone could benefit from this information if they are at all sexual. Um, So one of the things she outlines in that book is the difference between responsive desire and spontaneous desire. And when we typically in our culture think of a sex drive, we think of spontaneous desire, which is just kind of like you get the desire to have sex and then you go pursue sex or masturbation or whatever the case may be. But responsive desire is a little bit different in that you start encountering sexual stimuli or you start even having sex a little bit and that's when you start to become aroused. So it's kind of the opposite order. And a lot of people feel like they're broken because they have responsive desire and they've like never encountered this concept. And so they feel like their sex drive is either like too low or is kind of weird in the way that it works. And so a lot of people who read Come As You Are found it really validating to read that the style of desire that they experience is actually really common. And I was one of those people for sure. Yeah. Um, So you've thought about my question. What is it that you're wanting when a sex drive desire comes up? 
Well, so I would say for sex drive, and you talked about this, I think, a little bit uh, in one of the other questions, but um, it's craving specifically sex for me, not kink and not orgasms. Because mm-hmm. I don't... Orgasms, like, as a part of masturbation is not... Is a lot of times just kind of utilitarian. Yeah. And, like, even if my sex drive is gone, that doesn't go away. That's just, like, a part of my human functioning. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's it's routine. It's part of my routine. It's just a thing that I do. Yeah. Um, And there is a big difference between that kind of jerking off and, like, jerking off because... Because I'm, like, craving sex. Like, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way, too. I feel like it operates on different levels. Because there are times when I'm so depressed or whatever, that or sick, whatever, that I genuinely don't care about orgasms. Like, even on my own. Like, I'll go days or weeks without them. Not usually weeks. That's pretty rare for me. <laughs> um, but I'll just, like, not really... It'll not really occur to me to pursue them. Because I'm not feeling that, like, physical need to do that. Uh, and then also there's, like, a desire to have sex with other people, which for me is, like, much less frequent than the desire to have orgasms. Maybe because I'm an introvert, maybe because I'm demisexual, but it's just, like, I have to be in a pretty particular mood to just be craving sex in general. Particularly when I'm single and I'm, I was, I would be, like, scrolling Tinder trying to find people to fuck and... Yeah, it's, it's just, like, not a spontaneous desire that comes up often for me, although, like, responsively, I do consider myself a high sex drive person, if that makes any sense. It's complicated. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that kind of resonates for me as well, though, because I feel like my sex drive is definitely a lot higher when I'm either in a relationship or, like, mm-hmm. flirting, dating, whatever, with new people. Yeah. Um, and I would say that that's like, that that impacts my sex drive uh, more, mm-hmm. but it, it is also just more responsive desire in my life. Yes. Like, yeah. I feel the same. Yeah, definitely like the highest sex drive times in my life have been times when I was actively flirting with a new person. So I had a new person to fantasize about, which like the fantasies would often become what was triggering my responsive desire or maybe texting with the person or whatever. Like, I remember on uh, New Year's Day last year, I spent the whole day in bed uh, on the phone with my partner having phone sex three times because we were just, like, heavily in NRE, and that's what we wanted to do. And now when I think about that, I'm like, I I really don't know that I would ever do that now. Like, that's a lot. (laughs) Um, Even if I ever had a full day open like that, it just seems like a lot to me. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So in general... Not speaking about right now, but kind of over the course of your adult life. Do you consider yourself like a high libido person, medium, low? Where would you rank yourself? So it's wild because I I know as a fact that I would say I have a relatively high libido, but that just s- sounds funny coming out of my face right now. It just seems like such a foreign concept to me. Um, But yeah, no, generally pretty high, especially as far as responsive desire. It's Mm -hmm. relatively easy to get me interested in sex. Like, I don't think I've ever really 
there are very few instances where I was in a situation where... Where sex could happen and you didn't want it to happen. Yeah, with like... A situation that I would otherwise be down with. Yeah. Because I was... I wanted to say a situation where everything was right and I still wasn't down, but clearly everything wasn't right if I wasn't down. And I couldn't right. figure out... <laughs> yeah how to phrase that exactly but uh but yeah i generally say my libido is pretty high yeah yeah i say the same and the reason is because if i am with someone i find attractive and sex is proposed as an option i will almost never say no to that yeah i think the only times i would say no to that are if it's like we're in a weird environment where i don't feel comfortable having sex or i'm so severely depressed or sick that i like physically can't bring myself to do it and otherwise for the most part i'm gonna say yes especially if they're like aware of my responsive desire and they're skilled in kind of like awakening those desires because there are people who like are hot but are not good at turning (laughs) me on yeah and then you then you kind of have to like teach them and sometimes they don't really learn. <laughs> <laughs> why Why would you not want to learn that? Yeah, I know. Well, I think, like, I've dated a lot of men who are more on the, like, response or uh, spontaneous desire end of the spectrum. And so I think, like, they were kind of viewing my sexuality through the lens of their own, which makes sense. I think that we all kind of do that to some extent. But they would be like, well, I'm turned on right now. So clearly, like, she's down to fuck immediately also because (laughs) we've fucked in the past. And it's actually like, no. (laughs) 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 Do you have, I'm curious if you have, like, a bar in mind for, like, what you would consider high sex drive versus medium versus low. Because, like... I don't mean this in, like, a stigmatizing way, because I don't think any of these categories, like, say anything about you as a person, (laughs) like, nothing ethically or value-wise, but I know that for me, when I think about high sex drive, like, I I think about that as, like, craving one or more orgasms or sex sessions in a day. Does that sound in with your experiences? I think kind of, like culturally because i think it's just in line with what we culturally assume averages are whether or not that's actually the averages i think it's i think we need to compare to what everyone assumes the averages are Mm -hmm. and i think like a you know moderate middle whatever uh middle of the bell curve sex drive is in a relationship if you have like a live-in partner you would have sex a couple of times a week Mm. so i don't know what is that like two to four times a week yeah and then more than that you're edging towards high so you know craving you know one a day or more Mm -hmm. and then you know one or two a week or less is probably on the lower side of the bell curve yeah yeah, I think that's a good barometer, eh, more or less. More or less, I think that tracks. Yeah. I really think if I had a live-in partner, I would want to have sex at least once a day. Oh, same. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, my entire sex life, I've never felt like I was having enough sex. Like, even when I was actively fucking three different people on a rotating basis i was still like some nights i just can't get a plan made with any of these people and so i'm not getting dick down as much as i would like to be 
and uh, that's that's not their fault. I just am yelling about it because it just <laughs> seems like my vagina is just this gaping maw of desire, and it's like sometimes I wish that it it wasn't quite like I like okay. I'm saying that I don't often spontaneously desire sex, which is true, but I'm I think that what I'm talking about here, like in terms of wanting more sex in my life, is like I have the intellectual higher level knowledge that when I am having a lot of sex, I'm very like happy and fulfilled, and I feel better physically and mentally, yeah. and so that's kind of where I'm coming from when I say that I wish I was having more sex. Like two things. One, yeah. can you just edit out that clip of you saying my vagina is a gaping maw? I need it as my text tone. Second. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were telling me to edit it out like it offended you. No, I was like, what? No, Why? I just need it. I just I just need it. <laughs> okay, can do. <laughs> um, and second, um, no, well, I think also or at least it's my experience, where the more sex I'm having, the more sex I want. Because yes. it's on my mind more, right? Because now I'm remembering, oh, remember yesterday or this other time, or, you know, in a few days I have a date with, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's already floating around in my mind more, and it's having me in a good mood, and it has me thinking about it, which has me wanting and having more sex. So I think yes. just, like, the circumstances of having a lot of sex triggers the responsive desire yeah yeah because i spend a lot of time often like reviewing memories of sex i've recently had and so that for me that shit works better than most porn and erotica yeah. like that'll just fire me right up especially like if i like the person and have generally good emotional feelings about them like that didn't happen so much when i was hooking up a lot with random people who i didn't really care that much about um but yeah i i just start looping the tapes and then i'm down to clown again i'm curious uh -huh. how has uh like your job being in sexuality impact you on both sides of those bell curves like when you're in a more sexy space <laughs> and when you're not because like yeah. a big part of your job is to think critically about the sex you're having and have had <laughs> yeah you know it's really rough and it goes both ways because like, okay, I used to have a job where my job was literally to sit in front of a computer screen and watch dudes jerk off. It's a long story. I have an essay coming out about it on Playboy, <laughs> so just hang tight on that. But so that, like, sometimes I would leave work feeling turned on and would go jerk off. But other times I would just be staring at these dicks and just being like, oh my god, another fucking dick. Like, I can't look at another dick. I just, I, I don't... I, I don't want this. And then also, like, when I was working sex toy retail, there would be days when I was just staring at the realistic dildos and just, like, daydreaming about getting fucked. And then there would also be days when I would look at those exact same dildos and be like, ew, no, get away from me. And it's, I think, like, I just feel differently about it based on my own headspace at that time. What do you think? Yeah, my job has me looking at a lot of dicks all day, too. Um, and for <laughs> the most part, like, I tend to make it, like, a pretty clean line between work and, like, my own sexuality, just for my own personal <laughs> boundaries and headspace. Um, yeah. So, like, very rarely am I, like, into the stuff I'm watching. It's I'm watching mm -hmm. it for work. Um, but there are definitely times where, like, I watch it and I'm like, 
oh, that look. I wish I was doing something like that. That looks fun. Gosh, you know, I miss yeah. that. And other times when it is just shapes on the screen. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's just. And it's it's wild how it can be, like, two totally different things. And other times where I'm, like, fidgeting around, like, wow, I am in an office with other human beings, and everyone <laughs> is very naked on my screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it just... I do find it harder to do, honestly, this part of my job, uh, and writing and that sort of stuff, when mm-hmm. I don't have... Uh, when I don't have much of a sex drive because it's like talking about a different me almost. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's this like weird disconnects. Um, yeah. That. And like, I get asked questions about sex stuff and I'm like, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I've never had sex. I will never have sex. (laughs) I don't fucking remember. Okay. God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a lifetime ago. Yeah, Yeah. I totally get that. I also get a thing sometimes where, like, if I am having a sad period in my sex life, like, not getting laid at all or uh, going through a breakup or a rejection, um, doing my job will just make me cry some days. (laughs) So that's always great and fun. Love, love, love it. (laughs) Yep. So, question. Um... When you are finding that you are in, like, a lower sex drive phase, whether it be due to depression or whatever else, is there anything you can do to sort of fix that a little bit for yourself? Do you have any strategies for that? For me, it's a matter of... It's a matter of getting myself to want to fix it. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Once I do, it's a matter of uh, kind of surrounding myself with things that I know I find sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to people about uh, sex and kink. Um, watching a lot of media with pretty people in it. <laughs> yeah. Just surrounding myself and letting myself encounter all of the things that I know and remember turned me on. Mm-hmm. Um and being for me it's being intentional about jerking off semi-regularly yeah Uh, like a discipline (laughs) yeah like be like no you have to actually engage with your body remember you like doing this Um, yeah it's like exercising yeah into the habit (laughs) yeah exactly and kind of get like the momentum going and get all of those like feel-good chemicals pumping again yeah um our so. friend our friend Joelle and Naughty has a blog post called Just Do It, which is about the advice often given to people with depression who are having sex drive struggles, which is like, just do it and then you'll want to do it more, which like in my experience is sometimes true. But in her post, she differentiates between like, you do want to have sex, you just don't have the impulse to pursue it or like the emotional energy to pursue it versus people who like genuinely don't want to have sex. Like sometimes you'll get into a sex drive space where like sex seems disgusting. Mm -hmm. And so she differentiates between those two things and says like, if, if sex seems gross and bad, like obviously don't do it. That probably will just make it worse. But if you're like, wanting to have sex but just don't quite have the wherewithal then like kind of forcing yourself a little bit can be helpful which i think is 
pretty true for me, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a point in the depression spiral where you need to force yourself to do literally everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's kind of an okay place to give yourself a little bit of a nudge if, like, Mm -hmm. if, like, food and other things, you think, wow, I remember a time where that sounded good. Maybe I should pursue that again. Yeah. I'll sometimes view it almost like medicine when I'm super depressed. Like, I do what you said and, like, pull up porn that I know works for me. Like, ideally clips I've seen and gotten off to many times before. And I just sort of, like, clinically aim them at my face and, like, (laughs) sit there with my magic wand and just, like, go through the motions. And usually, like, I'm resistant at first, but then I eventually get into it. Yeah. And the other tool that I use a lot is marijuana, Mm -hmm. which we're both fans of uh i've found like even in my lowest libido phases there are certain strains that if i smoke them i just all my anxiety and depression kind of lifts it's still sort of there but it's like in the background and i don't really care so much about it anymore and then it just feels like there's space for arousal to just flow in and i am very like tactile and like sensorily focused and it's really nice it's been a savior for me at lots of times in my sex life yeah yeah i have nothing other than weed's great (laughs) (laughs) okay on the flip side i know this might be weird for you to answer right now but like have you ever had periods of your life where your sex drive was like too much and you wanted to try to tone it down a little bit Yes, I've taken testosterone. <laughs> yeah, so people, the listeners were like super curious about your difference like pre and post T in terms of sex drive. For me, there was a difference when I first started T within like mm-hmm. the first couple of weeks. Um, and especially, so a little bit from the T when I first started. And then after that, one of the first major changes in my body was that my junk started to change. Um, Mm -hmm. and as my bits grew, they came in contact with my underwear and my pants in a way that they didn't before, in which they were constantly being touched, which is a lot, which will Mm -hmm. increase someone's sex drive. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when something is rubbing up against your bits all day, every day, you're gonna think about sex more. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that was definitely a thing for the first couple of months on T, the combination of the hormones and that happening. Um, And then it balanced out a little bit, um, and I think got pretty much back to where it was. I always did kind of have a pretty high sex drive anyway, Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know that I noticed any really, like, intense lasting uh, change from it. Um, mm-hmm. but it has, in addition to being hella depressed lately, um, I've been, I've had some, like, wonky insurance money stuff, whatever going on, uh, and haven't had, haven't been taking my tea as regularly as I have in the past. Uh, I've missed a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. that also explains why my sex drive is MIA. Uh, and I I was thinking this afternoon, I was like, wow, that's weird. Maybe it's because it's springtime and we're all animals because suddenly I almost want sex again. Oh, right. I took tea this week. (laughs) Yeah, that checks out. That could be it. Might be related. 
<laughs> so when your sex drive is peaking and you want to tone it down, is there anything you can do to do that? I just jerk off a lot, honestly. <laughs> Doesn't that make it worse? Probably. <laughs> Who are you with your science? I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's science. I don't know. <laughs> Coming in here with your logic and shit. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I just jerk off all the time and get nothing done. And think yeah. about nothing but dicks. It's awful. Yeah, relatable. Yeah. The only things I've found that work for me, if for some reason I just can't deal with the constantly jerking off during a high libido period, is exercise. So you kind of channel that energy into another form of physical activity or like really throwing myself into a, cre a creative project such that I become so obsessed with the project that I'm not really thinking about anything else. And sometimes even those don't work, honestly. So I just try not to judge myself too much. Like, you know, I'm not harming anyone by jerking off three times a day. It's really not an issue. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, so the most common listener question by far was about sex drive mismatches in relationships, which is just a huge issue <sighs> in like the sex therapy field like everybody you know wants to know answers to this question i know that we both have experience with sex drive mismatches in relationships yep do you have any advice or wisdom to offer on that <sighs> polyamory i don't know <laughs> um yeah that's what i went with um mm -hmm. i mean people are different <laughs> uh, yeah and I just relate better with getting different needs met by different people. Um, mm -hmm. I was just reading uh, Dr. Liz Powell's book, Building Open Relationships, and there's a section in it about desire mismatches. And they point out that sometimes you can get your needs met elsewhere in another relationship, but sometimes it is a desire specifically for that partner, mm. which I had never really seen acknowledged anywhere and felt really validating for me to hear that because I've often had that impulse of like, oh, they don't want to fuck me again. I should just like go and fuck a rando from Tinder. But then I'm like, I don't want to do that though. Like I want to be with this person. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I think it can also be helpful to have a conversation though about what it is you're craving out of wanting more sex, the person who does want more sex um, mm -hmm. and what sex means and what that looks like. Like, are you craving craving more intimacy more connection more touch yeah. more orgasms um and once you kind of really drill down what the core stuff you're looking for to get out of that you can explore if there are other avenues to get that right is it more mm -hmm. masturbation and you know interesting porn on your own is it some sexting during the day keeps one you know is low investment enough for one person and the other person really enjoys it or do mm -hmm. you like assisted masturbation does one person watch or cuddle and kiss them while the other person jerks off um, yeah what kind of balances can you find um mm -hmm to get those needs met in ways that feel really comfy for everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. I've experimented with partners like talking dirty to me while I jerk off, which I get is sometimes hard if you're not in a sexy headspace to just like conjure a bunch of dirty talk. But if that is a gift that you happen to have, that can be good. 
I've also had partners like cuddle me and hold me while I was jerking off. And occasionally I've even had like low libido partners like fuck me with their fingers or with a toy because like even though that is obviously a sexual act, like it doesn't require them to take their clothes off or to like be directly sexually implicated in the same way that like genital contact does. So some of my partners have been more cool with that. And that's really nice for me because those are some of my favorite sex acts. So to me, that doesn't feel like a poor substitute at all. Yeah. And for some people, like, we're not suggesting you're sitting down and doing this when you're like, I don't want to fine. Like, for a lot (laughs) of people, you can still really enjoy seeing your partner get off and have a good time without necessarily feeling sexy at the same time. Like, there's gray areas and middle grounds of (laughs) enjoyment here. Yeah, and also, like, if you are a responsive desire person, it is entirely possible that watching your partner get off will turn you on and get you into it. But also, like, don't feel bad if it doesn't. Like, you're allowed to be low libido, too. That's fine. Yeah. I would also add, if you're the higher libido person, it might be worth thinking about how you can incorporate more elements from partnered sex into your masturbation. So uh, can you, like, review old sex while you're jerking off? Can you be looking at a picture or a video of your partner, maybe a video you shot when your partner was feeling sexier? Um, Can you up your fantasy game? All of this stuff can kind of sometimes make sex or make masturbation feel more like partnered sex, which can bridge the gap a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I got a bunch of listener questions on this. People are very excited by and interested in the idea of the libido. This is an interesting one. To what extent is libido environmental and how can we change our personal environment to be more encouraging of our libido? I would say, I mean, we kind of touched on this a lot about how we're both responsive desire people. uh, Mm -hmm. And I would say it's (laughs) very dependent on our environment. Yeah. Now I'm having a lot of thoughts about how much there is really a difference between responsive desire and how many people's desires are just less represented in the world at large. Um, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> we're a responsive desire because, oh my God, when we actually see things that turn us on, it turns us on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if I'm looking for porn that's going to turn me on, I can't just go to the front page of Pornhub. Like that's never going to do it for me. I have to dive a little deeper. Yeah. Even just the entirety of media, sexual and otherwise. Yep. Um. I think for me, like, my environment, if it is making me anxious in any way, that's definitely going to put a damper on my libido. Whether it's, like, it's messy, it's loud, um, I'm at, like, a crowded place, like, any of these things are going to stress me out in that that really is not good for my sex drive. So I've found like the most encouraging place for my libido is my room when it's freshly cleaned. Yeah. I was going to say, is, is this a Virgo thing or do you also clean your whole room and then go, Oh my God, I want to have sex in here. (laughs) Like first impulse. (laughs) I mean, so my partner long distance, he visits me about once a month and I do a deep clean coincidentally of my room about once a month. (laughs) Not a coincidence at all. Um, But yeah, so I definitely have come to associate a very clean room with like a lot of sex is about to happen. And it's also just like nice to have sex in a cleaner space. I just if you're like in the depths of if you're in the depths of depression um, and you want to feel sexier, one thing you could do is like try to clean your space a little bit, which I realize can be a lot of effort, but uh, it might help. I just find 
clean space deeply satisfying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> now, the only other thing I would say is what I talked about a little bit earlier, which is just filling your space with things you find sexy. Yeah. Like, there's there's a uh, watercolor painting? Maybe? Question mark? On, on my <laughs> wall. That mm-hmm. every single time my roommate walks into my room, they're like, oh, that's a good dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, every time. And it's just delightful. Because every time uh-huh. I walk into my room, I think the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, that's really good. Another environmental thing that is small but important. Um, I am so much less likely to jerk off if my vibrators are not plugged in or charged. Like I just, especially when I'm depressed, I'm like, it's not worth the effort to stand up and plug in a vibrator. So if I keep mine plugged in or I keep it charged or I keep the charger plugged in, whatever, then I'm much more likely to jerk off or want to have sex. My magic wand is on a wine rack next to my bed. And clipped to the wall next to it is the plug, <laughs> which is like run down and plugged into an extension cord. And then in between my bed and the wall is a little plastic garbage can for all of the toys that need to be washed. And the whole can comes <laughs> with me and into the bathroom to wash them. It's delightful. I have a whole system because otherwise so I, would, I would never get off. I'm far yeah. too lazy. Yep, I get that. Okay, another question. How have antidepressants and other medications affected your libido? I think you have more answers for this one than I do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I went on an SSRI a few years ago, and I was on it for, like, less than a month. So arguably I should have stuck it out a little longer to see how it went. But my sensitivity and orgasms completely went away, and I was scared shitless because... Not only is sex really important to me, obviously, but it's also my career. And so I went, I think the longest I've gone without orgasms in my entire adult life, something like 10 days, which doesn't seem like a lot unless you're really not used to that. And I remember there was this one day when I was at your apartment, actually, and I I was um, jerking off for over an hour. Yeah, it literally went for over an hour, which is very uncommon for me, almost unheard of. And I was watching all the porn that I knew I liked. I was using amazing toys. And I just, like, I wasn't even getting close to coming. Like, I kept my mind kept wandering. I just, like, wasn't interested because it didn't really feel like anything. So that really freaked me out, and I went off of that medication. Yeah. I have I've since been put on two other depression meds. I'm on Wellbutrin and Latuda, which are both not associated with sexual side effects. And I actually noticed when I went on the Wellbutrin, I had a much higher sex drive for about a week, which was really weird. Um, but then it settled back to normal, and I haven't really noticed any differences on those. I have never been on anti- antidepressants. Um, my meds are an anti-seizure medication, actually, I think technically. Um, <laughs> for... Uh, it's I'm on Lamictal, um, which I don't believe has sexual side effects. I haven't experienced any, and I don't think it has any attributed to it. Yeah, I am. I'm really fucking scared of SSRIs now, which yeah. really sucks because, like, I often wonder if they could be the missing piece in my brain, like if they could really help me, especially because my depression has been so bad over the past year. But I, I almost think it's not worth 
the trade-off and I know that that seems weird to like endure crushing depression in order to have a sex life potentially but like I just don't think I could live without sex like yeah. I would not be happy yeah no I think that totally Which makes sense I want to clarify, obviously, if you are on meds that affect your orgasm, like, that doesn't mean you can't have sex. Like, you definitely still can. Our friend Krista Ann writes a lot about uh, sex on antidepressants and stuff like that. And also, like, you can totally enjoy yourself without orgasms. Like, orgasms are not super important to everybody. It's just, like, for me, they're important. And I would really, really miss them a lot. And so I'm very, very hesitant to give them up. Yeah. And you have other stuff that is working all right. Or at least other stuff to try still. Yeah. Yeah. SSRIs are going to be a very last resort for me, for sure. Yeah. Someone wanted us to talk about whether asexuals can have a sex drive. I don't know if we're the people to talk about that. But, I mean, sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so neither of us are ace. But um, I, I do have a number of ace people in my social communities and I did write a big piece about them recently-ish and what I have learned is that ace people, some of them can totally have sex drives because what a lot of people don't understand about asexuality is it just means you don't experience sexual attraction to other people Um, or you if you're on the grey ace spectrum then you experience sexual attraction to people only under certain circumstances and so that's actually kind of a separate concept from the drive to have orgasms or to feel sexual pleasure or all of those things. So there are some ace folks who are sex repulsed, meaning that they are repulsed by sex. Um, and then there are some who are not, who still may want to pursue sex or masturbation for reasons other than sexual attraction, of which there are actually many. Yeah. Someone asked, does polyamory help or hinder your sex drive? you look so confused by this question (laughs) i don't know that it does either Mm -hmm. i mean all right i tried monogamy once and i was bad at it so i really don't know how like you don't have a comparison yeah i don't know how it would differ and also so i for me polyamory is an orientation I don't uh-huh. even, like, at the only time I was in a monogamous relationship, I ached to be open the entire time. Like, from going, mm-hmm. from jump. Um, mm-hmm. But I was a baby and not great at negotiating and navigating things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, monogamy has, like, never made sense or felt natural to me, so I don't really have a baseline to compare yeah what I think my sex drive would be like in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. I sort of do because yeah, yeah, I I did have one long-term monogamous relationship. What I found that I thought was interesting was when I would have crushes on other people, which of course I would not tell my partner about because that goes against the strictures of monogamy. um, It would amp up my desire to fuck my partner Um, It wasn't like I was thinking about these other people I had a crush on while I was fucking my partner. It was like it genuinely raised my desire to have sex with him. And so, yeah, for me, that pattern has continued. Like if I'm feeling a lot of sexual desire in one relationship, it will tend to bleed over into the others. Or 
the inverse might occasionally happen where a really good sexual relationship might make me realize that another one is not working so well Mm. or that I'm just not feeling the attraction anymore. But basically one of those two things will happen. So I guess it could either help or hinder the situation. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Polyamory just feels like a space that my sex drive exists in. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Someone asked about... um, how you navigate talking about your sex drive with mental health professionals because there is a common belief that hypersexuality or a high sex drive um, can be uh, a symptom of bipolar, which we both have. And it's true, it can. It can come up in periods of hypomania or mania. Um, but do you have you ever dealt with like mental health professionals being kind of stigmatizing or assuming your sex drive was a symptom? Not really. I had someone ask about it recently. And I think for me, what I tried to explain to him too is it's kind of weird because of just my relationship with sex in general. Because sex Mm -hmm. isn't just this one taboo thing that I can act out in during a manic phase. Um, Because I think that's a big part of where a lot of that comes from, right, is that it's kind of this, like, isolated private thing. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's not something really for me to act out in, because I just live in that all of the time. Yeah, you're just surrounded by sex. And I just can't, (laughs) yeah, I can't fathom that being how my mental health would act out. Um, But I am also in a really weird circumstance here. Um, (laughs) so um but yeah i get that a lot of doctors can be really really shitty about it because we have all of this stigma and shame around sexuality Mm -hmm. and i think the only thing i've found is kind of preempting that and being able to speak eloquently and like clearly Mm -hmm. about showing that you've thought this through yeah and can help um yeah but sometimes doctors are dicks (laughs) yeah yeah i had one therapist one time when i was explaining to her my whole career trajectory and how i've been a sex nerd my whole life and that's become my job she was kind of like so why are you so obsessed with sex and i think that she felt like maybe i'd endured some kind of sexual trauma that had made me this way which I for sure had not. Like, I was just always fascinated with sex ever since I was really, really little. Yeah. And so what I found helpful was to explain that to her, like, that it was more of, like, an intellectual pursuit for me in many ways. Like, I was super nerdy about it. But also, a lot of mental health professionals are looking for what the DSM calls distress or impairment. Um, And a lot of times symptoms will not be thought of as symptoms if they're not causing you distress or impairing your life in some noticeable way. And so if you can convince a mental health provider that you are neither distressed nor impaired by your sex drive, then I think that like good ones will leave you alone on that point. Because like if you're having a lot of sex, but it's not fucking you up, like who gives a shit? Yeah, I think that's another really important thing to keep in mind here. Uh, is that if your doctor doesn't listen to you, you can get a new doctor. Yeah. Usually. Um, I get that that's a pain in the ass. I have been through so many therapists lately. So many. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but a lot of it is because in, you know, 
situations like this, doctors who won't listen to me, or the therapists who I mentioned polyamory and immediately just assumed every issue I'd have was jealousy. Like, I explained mm. a nuanced discussion I had, and they were like, so jealousy, right? And I was like, <laughs> mm, not so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. you can also just recognize that this person's ethics, morals, opinions, whatever, um, are mm -hmm. not going to line up with yours, and that's not going to make them great at treating you. Yeah. Yeah, because if they think a key part of who you are as a person is a symptom, like, that's, they're not even going to know, like, what is actually wrong with you and be able to, like, help you with it. Because they're not seeing, like, the true contours of the illness. So, yeah, get a different doctor. If you can. Yeah. Okay, one more question. Is a kink drive a thing? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And it is separate yeah. from a sex drive. For yeah, me, for me, like there, there's some overlap for me sometimes, but I actually feel like I have different drives for almost all my separate kinks. Like there's sometimes when I'm craving a particular kink and nothing else will satisfy that urge. Yeah, I definitely have two distinct, like, or I would say three probably, like craving some sort of servicey submission thing, mm -hmm. craving some sort of masochism. Or craving mm -hmm. sex. Yeah. And that's a Venn diagram, and some of those overlap more than others, but... Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been noticing lately how many desires are coming up for me that are servicey submission desires that really have no sexual element to them. Like, I've been thinking a lot lately about the kind of 1950s housewife thing, mm -hmm. and those fantasies are all about, like, cooking and cleaning and doing laundry and making drinks and stuff like this where it's like it's not sexual except if you're a fucking pervert like me and <laughs> it is to you you know but those desires are coming up a lot because something in my psychology is just really drawn to that right now and that definitely feels like a kink drive to me yeah because it feels like a drive it's this like visceral urge aching feeling for something mm-hmm yeah there and it feels very similar to craving sex mm -hmm. but it's just that same aching feeling for something else yeah yeah if i go a while without getting spanked i definitely notice it yep i also have been craving wax play a lot lately which is weird i never thought that i would be into wax play before i tried it and now it's just a very specific type of masochistic experience that i want a lot yeah, I just really need to be hit. <laughs> just a lot. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> we, I, I was at a uh, show recently where, that had, like, audience participation or whatever, and we all split up to different category, different groups. And, like, mm -hmm. each group got assigned a task afterwards, and one was, like, tell a story to someone else in the group, and this other one was something else. And one was punch each other in the gut. And they were <laughs> kidding. And she was like, and write, you know, and do a scale of like, you know, one to ten on how hard you want to be hit or whatever. And I was on the other side of the room and I almost like ran over and was like, okay, so who's down for like a seven or eight? Anyone here interested? Come on. <laughs> I know I can get one of you, you weirdos. Come on. <laughs> 
But then someone else ran across the room before I could, and I was like, no, that's extra if I follow them. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That really outs you. Yeah, it's a whole lot. But they probably would have hit me. Probably, yeah. That doesn't seem like a super safe place to get hit, but, I mean, you do you, friend. Well, it, mm, there were some kinksters in that venue. I'd have found someone who knew what they were doing. <laughs> Okay, well, on that note, <laughs> thanks for joining us for this episode of The Dildorks. I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. I also write a newsletter called Submissives, which is five bucks a month. That's at katesloan.substack.com. And I have an essay coming up about those kind of 50s housewife feelings and also one about antidepressants actually so a lot of relevant stuff to what we're talking about today so check that out where is your stuff i'm bex you can find all my writing at bextalksex.com and i'm on twitter and instagram at bextalksex together with the dildorks we're on twitter and instagram at the dildorks and at the dildorks.com you can also find us by searching the dildorks in your favorite podcast app while you're there rate and review us brings us up in the charts and makes us easier for other folks to find if you want to toss a couple of bucks our way, you can go to patreon.com slash the dildorks to do that and help us keep doing what we're doing. Thanks to Protodome. He did our theme song. Thanks to Amy. She did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Did you see on Twitter that a, a, a headphones fetishist bought me a new pair of headphones today? No, amazing. I love it. Is that that person in your Insta DMs? Yes. I thought that he was just going to be like a shitty, creepy fetishist in my DMs. And then he like bought some pictures of me wearing my headphones and then paid for me to buy a new pair. So Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.